get ready. I mean, get ready, 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 ready. Welcome back, Mitties. We are excited today that we have a special, special guest. Not only is he my fraternity brother, he is my homeboy from Natchitoches, Louisiana. He's a fellow educator and now an author. Would you please introduce yourself? Hello, I'm glad to be here. I'm Monte L. DeMars. Welcome, welcome, <laughs> welcome. Tell them a little bit about yourself. Um, we want everybody to become acclimated to the new book, but also about you. So give them, share them a little information about yourself. Okay. I was born and raised in the beautiful city of Natchitoches, Louisiana. Beautiful city. Uh, for all, all of my life. Um, then um, we moved to, I worked in Cattle Parish for the Cattle Parish school system. So we moved to Shreveport. So that's where we spent the last five or six years there. However, I worked in Shreveport school system for Roughly about 13 years. Um, I spent probably a year there as a teacher, and then I've been in administration ever since. So roughly about 12, 11, 12 years as an, um, an, an administrator there. I have four beautiful children, two boys, two girls. One is in college, one beautiful wife, Sharonda, who I love so much. And um, that's pretty much my story. Um, I pastored the church for several years, so we have that leadership experience as well. So it's been a quite a journey, but it's been wonderful. I think it's wonderful that you mentioned about leadership as it relates to you as a pastor, but as as well as as an educator or a principal uh, in those roles. And you know, when the book was written, intentional leadership, it's it people thought it just focused on specifically educational leadership, but it's leadership. We have to be intentional when we're leading. You know, they're great leaders, but it's a difference between between a leader and an intentional leader. Oh, yes. What would you define um, a leader as? I believe a leader is a person who has influence, has the ability to influence. Um, that's my simple definition of leadership. It's influence. Excellent. So an intentional leader to you would be? An intentional leader is a person who um, intentionally influences. <laughs> so I just add the word intentional to my influence. Right. Versus a leader a leader that influences um, just influence. And you can influence bad or good. Oh, very good. An intentional leader to me um, strategically makes decisions. Love that word, strategic. Um, yeah, they, they think it through. They uh, strategize around leadership and their influence. And so they don't just haphazardly do things. They do things uh, with motive, with the right attitude, thinking, thinking it through, right. and ensuring that they get results. I think that's a key thing we need to understand as educators specifically is that the focus is always on student outcomes. Mm -hmm. And we have to always wrap our minds around student success. Um, it's not just about the, the academic um, success on a uh, 
state assessment, but more specific on the learning that was acquired that particular school year to see how they progressed throughout the year from the beginning until the end or what have you. So student outcomes should be always at the forefront of our decision making. Absolutely. So talk to me a little bit about, you know, when you had to kind of alternate the two, being uh, an influencer and then being an intentional influencer. Oh, wow. I think that came with... um, personally growing as a leader. Uh, I think when we first begin leading, it's, I, I think it's honestly as a kid, it's there. Mm. You, you, uh, um, to me, leaders aren't born. They are made. Although they have the ability to lead, it has to be cultivated. Oh, excellent. And you grow into that role. So the transition for me was really as principal. And me growing as a principal plus a pastor uh, developed that intentionality about decisions, about myself, how I saw myself, how I dealt with others, my attitude toward others, my attitude with myself, Mm -hmm. right? And so um, that's the shift for me. When you talk about shift, we talk about mind shift, (laughs) Uh okay? And we know that we are only able to control ourselves, Mm Mm-hmm. We can influence others. What I say is inspire. Typically, I try to inspire others to meet those desired outcomes or what have you. But we can only control ourselves or our mindset as an adult or as a child, even with weight loss. If we want to lose weight, Mm -hmm. it's a shift in thinking. Mm -hmm. So when you're thinking about... Um, the opportunities you've had as an administrator, when you've had to change either the culture, the climate, or a mindset, or influence the mindset of some of your staff, what tools that you think you need to in, in order to be able to do that? What tools? Oh, wow. Um, I think that it begins first with me, uh, and this is exper- from experience. Um, um, my mindset had to shift, mm. and I had to pivot in my thinking as a leader. And as I made the shift, uh, we call it a paradigm shift mm-hmm. in the church world. Right. As I made the paradigm shift, then I was able to not only uh, tell others about the shift, but I was able to model that for them. And so, you know, in education, we it's it's about modeling. Strong mm-hmm. modeling produces mm-hmm. a good lesson. Right. Lesson, right. So I believe my life became a model for my teachers that shift, modeling that shift, modeling uh, my thinking, you know. Uh, it became a life for me. So it became a lifestyle, even at work as a, as a leader. Absolutely. <laughs> I think that and, and, and in actuality, we know that a lot of our characteristics at home transcend into our daily work ethics. Mm-hmm. What we do at home, we tend to do. On the job, you know, and one of, and I always talk about my weakness was being, I'm going to say was, even though I still work and I struggle with it, is being an effective listener or being present because my mind, I'm always constantly thinking ahead or trying to (laughs) fix the problem or what's the next step instead of sitting and listening. Sometimes individuals, sometimes staff just won't, won't. Want you to listen to them. Absolutely. Not to solve the problem. I just want to vent to you. Some parents only want you to hear them. (laughs) Hear them, right. 
I don't need you to fix it. I already I already had a conversation with the teacher, or Correct. I've already decided what I'm going to do with my son or daughter. I've already have a punitive um, uh, reprimand in place for my child. I just want you to hear me. So I had to learn to be present. Mm-hmm. And to be more of an effective listener, because a lot of times all they want to do is to vent or what have you. So you're an author and you mentioned some things about changing your mindset first mm-hmm. before you can really alter the way your staff thinks or even the way your your scholars. You had to shift your mindset and you had to model Mm-hmm. You model the expectation within your building as a uh, building principal, but also as what I call ourselves, we are the we are the teacher for the entire campus. Correct. As the principal, when I would be in front of my uh, staff and I was presenting, I always presented the lesson cycle. Correct. So they would see what <laughs> I wanted to see actually in the classroom. Absolutely. So I, I I think that just be you know, and I had a chance to kind of snippets through just be your book um and it talks about being your authentically self yourself mm-hmm. or what mm-hmm. have you and being good and comfortable in the skin you're in correct or what have you and i think as a leader you have to own up to all of your being self-reflective correct and owning up to your flaws and all and all of them make you that person that you are but go ahead kind of share with us about just be well just be is um it's a self-empowerment book um, I think that as, uh, and I think everybody, everybody, uh, and I, I stole this from Dr. Miles Monroe. Mm-hmm. He says, everyone is a leader. We were born leaders, right? Mm-hmm. I took it a, a step further. We have to develop and grow into that capacity of mm-hmm. leadership. And some people do, and some people don't evolve, right? Uh, Just Be is a book of about self-empowerment, uh, self-awareness, self-identity, and learning how to take your story and not allow your story and the challenges of your story to become who you are, wow. right? And, and, of course, everything that we have gone through, the summation of our life is inevitably our story, right, inevitably our story, but it doesn't have to become who we are. Mm-hmm. We make the decision to become who we are by taking those uh, setbacks, those tribulations, those things that uh, may have caused us to hurt, uh, rejection, etc. cetera. Uh, we take those things, and I, I, I equate it to a box of cake mix. Mm-hmm. My grandmother made homemade cakes. Uh-huh. And there were certain things, ingredients she put in it. And to me, life is that way, right? However, along that journey, I believe life is a journey. Mm-hmm. Along that journey, we have to find peace in becoming Ooh. who and what we were born to be. And just be as about owning where you are, who you are, what you are, and enjoying the ride or the journey to getting where you were born to be. Oh, wow. That, 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 you know what? When it's, Oprah talks about her aha moments, it was so many nuggets <laughs> in that. Mitties, I, I'm just reflecting on the journey as you, as you stated, you know, that I'm in myself and the, the transition. And it's very uncomfortable sometimes uh, going from one level to another. 
and the obstacles that you you face or the uncomfort that you feel in going to into something that's unknown or something new mm-hmm. when you have gotten comfortable where you are mm-hmm. you know and uh there's so much more in the journey that you have oh, to wow. do Yes. There's so much more. And by you being complacent and comfortable, you can miss out on the opportunities. Now, I'm really speaking to myself right now. (laughs) You can miss out on the opportunities that are afforded you. Absolutely. Absolutely. Being comfortable. Right. Yeah. I I talked last night. I did a, uh, I do a Facebook Live every Thursday at 7. And so last night I talked about embracing your next there's a next, there's something after where you are now. And no matter where you find yourself now, you have to learn to embrace what's next and prepare for what's next. Mm-hmm. Because some of us, like you say, become complacent and we become, instead of being content where we are, we become complacent and comfortable. And I think the, 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 greatest, um, the greatest thing or obstacle about be, uh, just being is fear. Mm-hmm. Fear. Fear of failure. Fear of other people's opinions. Fear of the unknown. Mm-hmm. Fear of not actually becoming and living up to what people thought you should be. And so just be as a guide to setting yourself free from all of that. Right. Setting yourself free. And so often we wait for other people to set us free. But this book is a book of self-empowerment. Empower yourself to be. And no matter where you find yourself in life, no matter where, if you're stuck, no matter what it is, mm-hmm. embrace it. Embrace it and just be. Accept the peace of it that there's a next, your life is going to be okay. <laughs> God is okay with, he's not angry with you. That's my favorite, uh-huh. favorite, favorite saying. Mm-hmm. He's not mad with me. He's not upset with me. There's a plan that he has for my life, and it's to give me an expected end. And I, I believe when you embrace that thought and that idea, it gives you a sense of peace. It has done so many wonders for me. Where I would go on 10 about something, I don't anymore. Yeah. Because it gives me a peace, even mm-hmm. about my life and, and where I'm going to be five years from now, 10 years from now. Does it mean we don't plan? It doesn't mean that. It means that you inhale the peace, exhale the stress, and just be because it's going to oh, be all right. That is so- Good, you guys, <laughs> mid-teens, I felt that. In the climate that we're currently in, uh, and I want to say, I'm going to speak it post-COVID, I'm going to say it again, post-COVID, that um, there's a lot of emotional stress that we're under. And I can say, and I, I, I love being transparent, that that is something that I do suffer with, anxiety or what have you. And one of the things that you said is so true. We are our greatest critics. Mm-hmm. We constantly seek out the acceptance of others um, and through therapy, because I'm, I'm an advocate about therapy, going to uh, a, a psychologist, I, I seek therapy to give me the tools in order to handle the fear, 
which mm-hmm. anxiety is a subset of of fear. Right. And um, one of the things that they they gave me was, so a man thinketh, so is he. So if we if you're thinking all this negative stuff, it begins to take over your mind, and that's mm-hmm. the going back to the shift of your mindset. Mm-hmm. Um, I practice a lot of affirmations in the morning and affirm- even at night as I go to sleep, you know, and I speak constantly speak those things, you know, um, and I think that's very good as a practitioner. We're hoping to have uh, in future episodes specifically conversations about uh, mental health and wellness. But I think I have to bring this up now because it's very important as leaders and I'm stand, being an intentional leader that you take care of yourself. Oh, absolutely. You have to take care of yourself because if you don't, you can't take care of others. Absolutely. The scenario I always use is on an airplane, they always say put the mask over your face first before you put it on someone else. Right. So we have to take care of ourselves. And then, as as you said earlier, as a principal, we have to model the expectation. Mm-hmm. There's some days you just say, you know what, I need a day to be at home to rest, recoup, and relax. And we model that for staff. Mm-hmm. And they need to do the same thing. Right. It's so, so, so very important. Any other nuggets from Jess B? Because <laughs> I, I tell you, it, it, it's, 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 te- it's helping me. So I know it's helping our mentees. Awesome. Yeah, I just want to piggyback on what you just said. Uh, that was a very, very critical uh, moment of learning for me as a, as a principal, as a pastor, uh, just a leader and, and being driven motivated by my passion and my purpose, mm-hmm. um, I had to develop and grow into the attitude of it's okay not to be okay. It's okay not to be okay. And, and what does that mean? Um, it's okay to take that rest break. It right. doesn't mean, but as a leader and an intentional leader, you put solid systems and people in place. So when you need that moment you can take that moment. Exactly. It, the, the, the school building should not evolve and not be able to run at its full capacity if you are not there. Can I put a pin right there? I want to make sure you all hear that. And I echo what he's saying. An effective leader has a team in place to continue the work when they're not there. An individual that thinks that they need to have their hand in everything evidently has not hired the right people as a part of that system, that network, that business, that campus, or whatever entity you are. You have to have effective people on the bus. I I, I hated to cut you off, but that was just so powerful that I wanted to make sure that they have a clear understanding. It is critical to hire those right people. Absolutely. As a part of your staff, because you can't do do it all. You can't do it all. You, can. you can't do it all. And that was one of my weaknesses um, as probably first three three years as a principal, uh, because I, I just love it. I was born to do it. Mm. And when you when you love what you do, it's right. not a job for you. Right. And because it was not a job for me, it was not laborious. <laughs> However, it was taxing, and I didn't realize how taxing it was because of the passion. But, again, that shift in my mindset, uh, I had to receive some wisdom from an old man. You have to build your team. 
you can't do the heavy lifting. Mm-hmm. The work is too hard. It is too heavy. It is right. too it's too it's too heavy. It's too hard for you to do all of the heavy lifting. And so I had to learn that a successful leader is not one who can do all of the work, but it's the one that can identify talent and Excellent. put talent around him Ooh, or her. That's good. To do the job. That's good. That's good. (laughs) That's what makes you an effective leader. Yes. Yes, sir. And and so you become, as we teach classroom teachers, uh, you shouldn't be doing all of the heavy lifting. The kids should be lifting the load. Hand clap. Hand clap. (laughs) So listen, teachers, educators, do you hear him? You are the facilitator. You're the facilitator. Yes, the children should be doing the talking, the work. Exactly. They do it. Fantastic. And so I used to tell my new teachers, why are you leaving tired? Why are you worn out? Right. They should leave worn out. <laughs> right. Because you have put systems and leaders and identify the leaders in your classroom. And we talk about classroom management. To me, that's one of the first things. you got to find the leader. The leaders, and you empower them. Well, let's shift back to being a principal, school building leader. Mm-hmm. You have to identify the leaders. And when you've hired people, let them do their job. Yes, and not micromanage. <laughs> I did, too. Uh, yeah. It, it, it initially, that's, that's where I was. But once I recognized right. that, right. oh, my God, it really um, allows you the ability to be that effective leader and just be yeah and and it allows you to just be just be that creative person that you were designed to be to be able to create um with a team you know a podcast and a multimedia program for our scholars Uh whereas they will have the opportunity to be able to broadcast and do similar um podcasts such as i'm doing right now Mm -hmm. to model that for them Mm -hmm. You know, I had some scholars here on on set, whereas they are seeing what they're going to be doing on the campus level, and they're so excited wow. about it. So, and, and that just, uh, it, but it gave me the, the the staff I have have given me the opportunity to be able to do that. So, definitely don't miss what he was saying about you being the the conductor of your orchestra as a classroom teacher that you have systems and routines in place to assure that you are facilitating the learning and it is students doing the work, there's students having the conversations, and you are just orchestrating everything. That's it. it. And so you you become an effective planner, Mm -hmm. a strategizer. Oh, good. You become a strategizer, a strategist. Planning is critical. (laughs) I I, I couldn't let that slide. (laughs) He said an effective planner. You know, a lot of individuals do not want the details and they think they can just put the bare minimum. But an effective planner that has plan- uh, really overplanned mm-hmm. a lesson, I have found, is the most successful teacher. And I'll speak to myself as a teacher or an educator. One thing that I did was to make sure that students were engaged from the time they walked in the classroom until they were busy. Right, And I'm not talking about busy work. I'm Correct. talking about engaged Correct. in the learning process. Mm-hmm. I would introduce it, of course, but they were actively engaged from the time they walked in. And I don't want, I'm going to go back to those routines and procedures. There's been situations as a teacher that I've been late to class and the class was already engaged 
in the activity because I had the morning do now. Right. You know, so right. they automatically knew this is the trend. At that time, it was I'm old, transparency. So they had the transparency <laughs> they would put on the overhead projector and turn it on, and they would at, at it because I've already planned uh-huh. for the next day before I left. Correct, correct. So it's a, a planning is critical. Even as a superintendent, we have, and I've developed that, is a strategic plan for the districts to assure that they're successful, even be beyond me as the superintendent. It's five years from now. That's wow. the goal, mm-hmm. is to make sure that you have a plan in place. Now, of course, there may be someone that comes in later and they can revise it, update it, because things change, Correct. of course. But you do have a plan in place for a first year superintendent or a superintendent coming into uh, those districts and they have a guide or a path. Right. Lesson planning or planning period as a leader is critical. I just critical. want to hop on that uh, uh, a while. I think it's, it's <laughs> purposeful. Uh, talk to me uh, about, you know, your personal, what you would consider your personal leadership style. Oh, wow. My personal leadership style. Hmm. I would say that um, I think I'm mixed. I, I have, I think the majority is transformational leader. Um, I like the transformational work. I mean, I'm just, I, I think that's me in a nutshell. Uh, I'm a transformational leader. Uh, I have the uh, innate ability to go into to walk into chaos and immediately see vision. Mm. And so that's why I sound mixed between transformational and visionary. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think I think you have to sometimes um if you're fortunate to, to, to have those uh, abilities that you have to be able to shift hats. Mm-hmm. Right. It, it right, depends right. on the, the situation as a leader. Um I have, for example, we talked about turnaround schools. You're going in to transform the right. situation. You right. know going in, you're trying to identify, and you're making quick decisions that are going to be impactful immediately. Correct. So you need to be that transformational leader. But then you can go into another campus or another district, and you see whereas maybe they're behind the times mm-hmm. and you see the potential of where they could be. And you can imagine how the facility is going to look or transform or what type of programs that you could see that you could put in place based upon your demographics and so forth. So I do think we have to learn how to shift or what you said, I agree, pivot. Pivot, right. And it, it, it as a leader, you have to do that quite frequently right. uh, with hats and, and roles because fires come constantly. Let's talk about what motivates you. I think that, and, and, and one would think I'm crazy for saying this, uh, and I think this is why I stay with transformational work. Mm-hmm. The challenge of the need for change is my motivation. Mm. I'm almost like that classroom teacher because I always got the worst classes. I always got the, the students that nobody else wanted. Mm-hmm. But for me, it motivated me and inspired me to see the end result. When the last teacher thought that Johnny could not learn 
and Johnny could not do or he could not read. Mm-hmm. He could not sit down. He could not be managed. And me taking Johnny and, 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 and putting systems and routines and procedures in place and, and first of all, loving him, caring. People don't right. care how much you know until they know how much you care. Relationship, relationships, relationships. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So, so often we try to give students information and knowledge without building the relationship. You can't do it. You can't do Mm-mm. it. You can't do it. And especially post-COVID, because now everybody's almost traumatized. Mm-hmm. We've right. all had a traumatic experience. Yes. And so even thinking about the building principle or your role, Employees, teachers, have mm-hmm. some of them have had nervous breakdowns. That's right, PTSD. So, correct. Yeah. So relationship. So me building relationships with students, with people. I, I used to. T- the, the district used to call me and say, "Hey, we got this teacher that's displaced, and nobody else will take him. Will you take him? We 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 thought about you. We knew you could handle it." <laughs> I said, are y'all going to back me? When? <laughs> yeah, but they was, I would say send them right. because my motivation is transformation, changing things that people say can't be changed, making things happen, making the impossible happen. I can, I, I feel, feel it. So, <laughs> that, yes, that definitely motivates you. How do you inspire others? Vision. Mm-hmm. We were a channel around campus, and we offered incentive pay for teachers to come and work on at, on our campuses. And I never talked about, in interviews, money. I never talked about money. And my staff would get in, uh, you know, th- sometime during the year, and, and they would talk about, did you get your bonus? Did you get your incentive pay? And they would say, what incentive pay? Those are the points that were already there. Uh-huh. And they said, what incentive pay? He never talked about incentive pay. Why I did not? Because if I sell you money, mm. I capture you because of the money. If I give you vision, I capture you because of the goal. So I sell people vision, not money. And that's been my selling point. That's fire. And that's how you get the teachers and the staff that you need. People, if if, if you buy into the vision, you buy into me. And as a team, we can collaborate and work together to make it happen because in the interview process, that's what I sold you was vision. I, all I can do is echo that and, <laughs> and it, you can't add to you can't add to the ice cream if it's already flavored vanilla. It's 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 good as is. I couldn't have said it any better. Last question would be and you've kind of talked about this throughout <laughs> transformation. Mm-hmm. Transforming mindsets. Mm-hmm. When you think about as a leader and you are trying to transform uh, the mindsets of your staff, talk about some of the things that you did or some of the things that you implemented or a situation that we could share with Mitties. Oh, wow. Me being in my previous role and uh, as, a, as a pastor, you know, um, we uh, sometimes have the top-down leadership style. Mm-hmm. And so after growing and me being transformed mm. and, 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 and I realized that that 
style doesn't work well. And it really wasn't who I was. Mm -hmm. It's what I saw. Mm. And just like, right. Mm -hmm. So just like children become as their parents Mm -hmm. were, because that's the model they saw, so do we as leaders. Mm -hmm. And so I led so many, my first few years as a principal, how my principal led. But it wasn't me. Mm -hmm. It wasn't me. And so when I evolved and realized that I am a listener, that's who I am. But I had to learn how to listen. (laughs) I, I am a problem solver. But I had to learn to listen in order to solve the problem. And so uh, little things like that, listening to people, um, hearing them out. So one of the things I did, uh, I put a um, suggestion box in my main office. And so parents, teachers, and we put a lock on it. They could write down their suggestions or whatever they were feeling. And I would check that box every week. And I will address those concerns because people want you to hear them. And they just want to know you heard them, as you said at first. Another thing I did was uh, just celebrating their birthdays. At the end, and I heard, oh, I'm not going to steal it. I heard Oprah say this. Mm-hmm. People want to know that you see them. Yes. And so in education, teachers, janitors, lunchroom workers, they want to know that. I'm seen. Mm-hmm. I'm important. I matter. Oh, that's good. I matter. Mm-hmm. But guess what? It's not just them. We all want to know that we matter. Yes. And when we know that we matter, we'll give you our best. People will give you their best when they know that you feel that they matter. And so that was the major turning point for me as a building leader, acknowledging and owning the fact that I'm not always right. I don't always make the right decision, but owning that. I remember my first time I I apologized to my staff. I'm sorry. Several teachers came and said, oh, my God. can't believe it, right? You've alluded to it, but you've never actually stood in a faculty meeting and said, I'm sorry. I'm like, oh, my God. Right. Mm -hmm. But those are the little things that get buy in. They want to know that you're human, that you're vulnerable, that you can be vulnerable, Mm -hmm. that you can be touched. Not almighty that you can't be touched and they're they're wrong. And no. They just want to know that you're human. They can be touched by the Bible calls it the feeling of their infirmity. (laughs) Right. They want to know that you can be touched Mm -hmm. and that you're human, that you have a heart beating in here, too. And at the end of the day, we are all in it for the same reason, and that's children. They're the nucleus of this all. Mm -hmm. Well, audience, mentees, everyone that's listening to this podcast, we have been ministered to today. Uh, As we wrap up, I'd like for you to please share with our audience and mentees where they can get your book. Absolutely. And uh, then I will wrap up with my final saying. Okay. You can go to montelldemars.org. That's M-O-N-T-E-L-D-E-M-A-R-S.org. And on the website, you can order your Just Be book and begin your journey to being free. 
And just be. And just be. As always, Mitties, remember the genesis of change begins from within. Have a good day. Until next time. Intentional leadership.